Welcome back, friends. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're here because you matter. You do. And how you experience the world matters. What you think and feel and how you move matters. And we won't always agree, just like the intro says. And that is really okay. Because there is always something we can talk about. And today I'm talking to my dear friend, Carrie Underwood. And before you say it, no, it's not the country singer. It's the Carrie Underwood. Though I've known her much longer as Carrie Goodman. She's one of my longest running friends and I'd like to credit her for helping raise me. So much of our angsty junior high and high school existence was spent together. And that, my friends, is priceless. If you can make it through those years together and become adults and still adore each other and have each other's backs, I'm pretty sure that's rare. But more than that, Carrie's a wife and a mom of three boys. She's a licensed professional counselor and a marriage and family therapist. And as a therapist, she is so passionate about healing relationships, both with yourself and with others. And I know for a fact that Carrie and I could talk about anything, everything. But in this conversation, we both open up very candidly about body image. Listen in. It's a body image. (laughs) Open up that suitcase. Okay, how long have we known each other? We have known each other, oh gosh, a long time. Well, since today is the 20-year reunion. <laughs> so, like, 30 years? Yeah. 30? I think so. Shoot, man. Okay, so... If We've been got... friends so long, I don't remember not being friends with you. Yeah. There wasn't, like, a line of demarcation. It was just sort of always... I don't remember when I met you. Like, no. I don't remember, like, a... A meet you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> did, did we have one of those? I don't... Nobody wrote I don't even really know. Get your diary out. How are... Maybe right? I thought would. <laughs> Get it out. How are we friends? So, okay, so if we've known each other 30 years, how long has body image been a thing for both of us? I mean, again, it's never not been, it's never not been a thing. Yeah. Yeah. So what was that, what does that look like for you? Like thinking back to junior high, high school. Dear Lord. What was body image to you back then? Oh gosh. Okay. So I have a body type that the world calls a pear. Oh, <laughs> right? Is it really? Yeah. I'm, I've got junk in the trunk, uh-huh. and I always have. And most of my friends did not. Uh-huh. Junior high, uh-huh. high school. Um, so, yeah, I think by, like, I've always been, like, the exception to the rule. Mm-hmm. So, therefore, not, like, normal or right. good enough or right. whatever. Yeah. Right? And you, when, um, yeah, when do you remember realizing that or noticing that or oh god was it told to you yeah like oh, fourth early. grade oh. I, I can vividly remember in fourth grade i won't say the name of this boy <laughs> in case he happens to be listening and i can vividly remember in fourth grade yeah at sequoia elementary waiting for the bus to go home and this boy told me how to bubble butt in fourth grade yeah i mean i'm sure it was the like pleated shorts my mom oh. made me wear <laughs> That yeah. like help my God. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, and so I think from that, like, I think that was probably the like moment that I was mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, is there something mm-hmm. wrong with my body? You know, like, oh well, you know, like I don't think I, I don't remember ever before that having a thought about my body. Right, fourth grade. Mm-hmm. So like, what is that nine? 
Like yeah, I have two yeah. fourth graders that are nine. Yeah. Yeah. So that, oh gosh, that makes me so sad thinking, I mean, I have boys, but yeah. I think not that they're immune to it, but thinking that yeah. something could be said to them this year. That almost like solidifies. Yeah. That yeah. writes the narrative for the rest of their life. Yeah. This might open a camera so you don't have to answer it. Do you feel like that was ever reiterated in your home? Yeah. Before then or after then? Uh, not for sure. Not before then. Uh-huh. <clears throat> I would say, um, I had a sister who was older than me and we have still to this day, we have two totally different body types mm-hmm. and she was always on the, she, she just had a different body type, always on the thinner mm-hmm. side. Like she carried her weight differently. Um, and so I think that it wasn't my mom's like intention for it to be about body image. I yeah. think she wanted me to be comfortable in my skin and mm-hmm. she knew that I was uncomfortable in my skin. So like, yeah, we, we watched like, the weight loss shows that Oprah Winfrey did, and <laughs> oh, like, there's some many of Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. and I, again, I could. It's funny. I don't have a great memory, but the memories that really stick in my head about my childhood, most of them, are around my weight because I can mm-hmm. again vividly remember. Yeah, when we lived in Georgia, we were sitting on the couch in our living room, and <laughs> Oprah Winfrey was on the TV, and I was like, "Hey, come in here and watch this," and it was all about like. I think that it was about, like, teenagers, kids. What I think it was about weight loss for, like, younger oh, yeah. people. I don't think it was, like, middle-aged women yeah. weight loss or whatever. Right. Yeah. We watched it together, and yeah. I cried. and Yeah. You know, so, yeah. Uh-huh. I don't know. I don't think – I was never shamed, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and looking back now, like, I was not fat. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I was never mm-hmm. fat. I wasn't a yeah. size two. Right. You know, like some of our our friends and our peers and stuff like that. But I was never fat Mm -hmm. at that age. And so um, I think that's what makes me sad now as an adult of like, I spent my whole life believing and functioning from the place of like, Carrie is a fat girl. Uh, Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then I look at pictures now and I'm like, what? Like, WTF? Mm -hmm. Who? Why why did no adult in my life Mm -hmm. like step into that place and say like, that's not your truth? Right. I think... I mean, I don't want to let all of them off the hook, but I think so much of it was like they think the same thing. You know, oh, it was yeah. the eighties and nineties and like mm-hmm. they all had the exact same struggles because they all got the same messaging that we got. For sure. And yeah. nobody was in therapy about it. Yeah. Think about body image and <clears throat> diet culture and just the things that like mm-hmm. like what you're talking about. Like these are things that are ca- that are passed down generationally. Yeah. And I have three boys and so not lying. When I found out, I was having three boys. Like, after I desperately wanted a girl. Like, just knew I was meant to be a girl mom. But then, I don't know, as I settled into boy momming, I literally had the thought, like, maybe God didn't give me a daughter because he knew that I could not break the cycle. Oh. Um, you know, like, maybe. I'm thinking emotional. Yeah. I think we're going to our 20 year reunion. I can't. I can't. I can't. But I mean, I remember that thought of, like, Maybe he did not give me a daughter because I could, I, I want to break the cycle, mm-hmm. but I don't know if I would have been able to because yeah. I have my yeah. own stuff. Or like if I'm, if I'm active, actively working on my health and I happen yeah. to like lose some weight or something, right. this is the phrase that I've heard my whole life. Like, oh, Carrie, you're really shaping up. Oh, <laughs> man. So as an adult, I hear that. And actually one yeah. time Liam got my son and he goes, 
what does shaping up mean? <laughs> and I was like, oh, man. buddy, I can't eat. Like, yeah. I can't even, I don't even want to describe oh, that to you because it's not, like, it doesn't make any sense, yeah. you know, to say that. Like, yeah. I already am a shape. <laughs> right. <laughs> All we've been yes. saying. Yeah. Um, which I know she means it as encouragement and stuff like that. But going back around to what you talked about, like, I mean, yeah, they were mm-hmm. the generation of, um, who was it, Suzanne Summers and yes. Psy Masters <laughs> and, you know, Tybo. Yeah, Tybo. Yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I cannot count the hours that I've done Tybo yeah. with my mom. I can't count the hours. Okay, have you guys, are you all familiar with um, uh, Leslie Sansone, the walk yeah. away, the pale? Oh, my God. And, like, I have walked hundreds of miles in my living room yeah. before because I was going to walk away. We need our house. money back on all right. that. Oh, yeah. If I, there is no telling how many thousands yeah. of dollars I've spent on yeah. the next workout or the next weight loss sham mm-hmm. or... Two things I want to touch on is I was just actually listening on the way down here, Glennon Doyle's ah, episode about being at war with our bodies. And one thing mm-hmm. that she said multiple times in that episode was just how much time she's wasted mm-hmm. on yep. all of this, yep. on all of the restriction and the self-control and the just the plain control and trying to make herself smaller and fit inside this box and I was just really struck by that because it's so true. Like, how much time have we all wasted even feeling a certain way? Mm-hmm. Just so much time consumed with the way that I feel about my body or the things I think about food or whatever that it's just like, man, I could have been so productive. You know, that's, I mean, yeah. it's what she was saying that. Well, and I know, I don't know if this was the same episode or for her or not, but I know, I can't do this recently. I know she said in one of those that, to this day, you know, as much as we think she's amazing and wonderful, mm-hmm. that to this day, that is the very thing that she has yet to, mm-hmm. like, get a grip on, you know? And I'm yeah. like, yeah, She called it her final frontier. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the last to this thing. day. Yeah. Like, of all the things that she's done and all the ways that she's been successful and all the things that she has, like, fought against and won, the fact that her body and the way society views our bodies and the way whatever, mm-hmm. like the fact that she's still, I'm just like, ugh, yeah. I don't, I don't want to be that. Yeah. And she like, yeah, I don't know. She's not that much older than this, 43, 45, mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But I mean, I kind of had a, an epiphany this year that I don't want to keep basing my life, my days, my years around. Yeah. Okay. This is the year. Yeah. <laughs> this is right. Right. You know, and I've, I've had my, my own personal things that I've figured out and I've learned about myself and yeah. my body over the last few years that has given me, like, pe- a little bit more peace in that. Mm-hmm. But just recognizing, like, like, bigger fish to fry. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Bigger fish. The second thing I want to touch on that you just said was, like, she was, your mom was trying to encourage you. And I identify with that a lot because I feel like there's... A lot of people in my life, if you would follow my whole journey through body image and self-worth and all of that stuff, that would like to be considered like well-meaning people. Mm-hmm. They would want to be considered well-meaning. But the things that they would say or focus on or whatever that are supposed to be encouraging, like if we could just dissect that for a second and like take a, I don't know, 10,000 foot view of that, like what are they encouraging us to do or be? Yeah. Like can we acknowledge that? Why are you encouraging me to be something other than what I am? Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> what do you think your mom was trying to encourage you to be? Uh, skinny. 
Okay. Yeah. Because, but honestly, as a mom now, <clears throat> I mean, okay, so there's multiple things wrapped up in that. And I would love one day to have a more transparent conversation sure. with her about that. But there's so many things wrapped up in that because as a woman, she hasn't figured out that piece for herself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Five years old, yeah. hasn't figured out that piece first. But as a mom, there's no doubt that she just wanted me to not struggle. Sure. Like she just wanted me to not experience more pain than I have to or more. Mm. more. Because she already saw you struggling. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Okay. Yeah. 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 Or new. I mean, just like we as moms know, like there's certain things that we can forecast for our kids and know like right. this could be something. Mm-hmm. And because we're God, we can like protect them. From <laughs> right. That, right. Like, oh, it works every time. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Yeah, it never goes sideways ever. <laughs> we never create no. uh, more. Um, we never pay more therapist salaries no. <laughs> with our parenting, right? Um, so I know, like in my head, I know all these things now as an adult. Yeah, you know that, yeah. and I am able to like process that and through a much different lens. Mm. But gosh, now as an adult, that is really stepping outside of how the rest of the world views mm-hmm. body image and, and diet culture and stuff like that. There's things that I hear that are like nails on a chalkboard mm, yeah. that my, yeah. my friends say, that my mom says, yeah. that um, people in my office say, that I just want to like shake everybody be like, wake up. Yeah. You know, like we're yeah. wasting so much energy on this. It just, it doesn't, why does what I look like, like it doesn't change it only changes stuff in the negative. It doesn't change anything about my life except for it keeps me from, you know, mm-hmm. showing up in certain ways. It keeps me from experiencing in certain ways. It keeps me from, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I think I would be really, really sad if I actually sat down and could remember or figure out everything that it keeps me from. Yeah. What are, can you give us an example of the things that you hear, like in your, like in your office, for example? I mean, I think there's just always, um, I mean, I think there's a running theme with most women that I work with of just the, the flippant, like, oh, I look, I look like garbage today or oh, mm. it's a fat day or oh, it's a, you know, it's a flippant language. But then yeah. a lot of the, the women that are old enough to be moms that I work with, it's the, I don't want to do um, pool days or I don't want to mm-hmm. do... Disney, or I don't want to do... Yeah, like, real avoidance. The amount of women that are terrified of their children's weddings because of how they're going to look in those pictures. Really? Yeah. It breaks my heart every time. Like, I'll be sitting with a 50-something-year-old, and they're, like, Mm. I mean, terrified. You know, like, they don't want their child to get married because they don't want to have to be in those pictures. Yeah. And every time I hear that, like, of course I show up as a therapist, but every time I hear that, I show up as a human too. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't, I don't want that for myself. Right. You know, yeah. I don't want that for my kids. Yeah. I want my boys to know that their mom is like fully present mm-hmm. on the day that if they get married, mm-hmm. um, you know, and like excited yeah. <laughs> with them and for them and not terrified of like what that means right. for me right. physically, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. And so, and then there's, I mean, there's so much more there too with just like people's sexualities and how they connect mm. with their partners and things mm. like that. That's really, really skewed and um, it just robs them of something better in their relationships yeah. because they're not enough. Yeah. But I think yeah. they're not enough. Yeah. I, I would love to take a little bit of a rabbit trail because you just said that phrase of, of too much. 
like we're like we're too much and then we're also subsequently not, not enough, enough at the same time yeah because i identify with that so much my entire life and i'd love to just like where does that come from oh well i mean <laughs> That is that is a rabbit trail, and that is um, just until it goes. That that is a very um, full bag that could yes. be unpacked. Yeah, I think that uh, whole season. Let's do a whole oh, season. Man. Gosh, I think also let's just throw out the word patriarchy. Yeah, I think that that gosh. is definitely a way that women have been. Um, I mean, if we if people can make us feel less than, yeah. But then yeah. how much can they, yeah. how much control can they have over mm-hmm. us? All the control in the world, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm not this like, I don't know, blazing feminist by any means, but when I think specifically with body image, with diet yeah. culture, um, <clears throat> with our sexuality, yeah, I think there's so much, when you really start to unpack those things and start looking at it and thinking about like, like you just said, like, where did this even get started? Like men, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's where, yeah. Yeah. you know, because it, I mean, a lot of this wasn't always this way. Yeah. I don't know how many hundreds of years we have to go back to, but wow. at some point yeah. they recognize that like, okay, we feel good yeah. and we feel empowered and we feel capable. I mean, mm-hmm. no, I mean, I think about even just like in, in the last, I mean, hundred years, how much like more women can do just moving about the world Mm -hmm. that that if you move beyond that like 200 years 300 years the only people in the room making decisions about culture Mm -hmm. business life in general were men and so it's like all these standards literally came from men about women's bodies birth control I mean, just like all the all the things that we could dive into. Yeah. I mean, those decisions. I mean, and still, I mean, still primarily are dictated by men. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And so, the, even just the idea of thinness is kind of mind-boggling to me because it's not. I mean, it's based off of like what? I don't even know. I don't. Exactly. I mean, some. I would assume some man's standard that. They, they got some woman to buy into at some point. Like, you know, who was, who was producing corsets? Who was, Lord, you know what I'm saying? Women. Like, it wasn't women. They weren't in the factory. They weren't on boards. They weren't making decisions. They were just the ones being told, this is what you have to wear. And of course, back then, they literally didn't have to wear them. Yeah. Because there were all of these, like, societal rules. Mm-hmm. Plus, their husbands were literally the bosses of them. When if you think back like on, and, and thank goodness for art and culture, because we know these mm. things, but if you think back on like the Renaissance period, like yeah. I would be living my best life. Right. <laughs> like yeah. living my best life <laughs> during that time, if we could go there. I would just think about like, just the difference between, I think back just like you're saying the Renaissance and even, I mean, National Geographic for heaven's sake. You know, growing up reading those magazines, you see all kinds of, like, your worldview can be widened just by magazines and, you know, good literature. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because in other cultures, they don't have this fascination with thinness. I mean, some cultures do. But there are other cultures out there that aren't obsessed with being small. That actually wealthy people used to be thicker. 
yeah, because they could afford to eat, you know, kind of thing. And so you just, I mean, it's interesting how ideas change over time and expectations change over time. But I feel like, especially for our generation, there was this, and I don't know, I'm not a researcher and I should have like facts and statistics about the I mean, 80s we have and 90s. About, we have nothing in front of us. About what, <laughs> We're just what happened in the 80s and 90s that kind of caused this. Uh, cocaine? Did that cause it? <laughs> like that hair, heroin, that's what it was. Wasn't it heroin chic? Like oh. all the models, it was like that heroin. It was model. It was model. It was model. And that yeah. was, I mean, even that was starting. When was it? Was it Tweety? Was that her name? Yeah. In like the 70s? Yes. I mean, it, we just started this like, yeah, heroin. <laughs> we just started this like spiral yeah. like, starting in the 70s with the onset of like Diets, mm. um, but then you had these supermodels that were super skinny. Mm-hmm. So suddenly, I mean, I remember. I think I did do um, a research project on this in college. Of um, it really has been in like very, very recent history, and it really was like mm-hmm. kind of started that in the seventies, where you had all these women. They were like, "Oh, okay, this is what we're this is what we're supposed to do." Yeah. And then we're yeah. just, we're sold this garbage of like take yeah. this pill, yeah. do this workout, eat. I mean. I think everything diet, mm-hmm. you know, came in the seventies and eighties. Yeah, and like diet coke and diet. Mm-hmm. If you if you eat it like sugar free or drink yeah. a diet yeah. coke. I also think there's this piece about, and this I think started you know back in the fifties. I think comic books started back then, but it's like the way women began being portrayed in illustrations even movies and tv and illustrations not only just like june cleaver ish you know like that kind of expectation and standard but then the way they were portrayed in like comic books you see just like superheroes that Mm -hmm. are like barbies yeah and wearing absolutely ridiculous outfits for what they're doing so disney right Every Disney movie ever. But it just began this fascination with, like, objectification, mm-hmm. I think. You know, and we could probably take, you know, all the way back to, like, silent films probably. But but there's, like, that voyeurism and objectification that began through TV and movie and then enter in porn. Mm-hmm. And then there's there's really no coming back from any of that. What a woman's body should be. I mean, there's no should anyway, but how there are different types of... Of bodies, oh, because they were all portrayed like right. Are there? We're confused because then it was like the standard of like muscular, but not too muscular, and you have enormous breasts that stay in place, and you have this snatched waist. But you also should have a little bit of a butt. A little bit of a butt. Yeah. And you should be really athletic, but really feminine, and it was just it all the work and keep. And house. save the world. Yeah. yeah. And, and doable. you know. <laughs> totally doable. Right. And so this impossible standard then paired with the fashion industry that then they just became, you know, emaciated. Yeah. And there we have it, folks. We, we saw it. it out. <laughs> like, I don't even know where we started from, but we just figured it out. <laughs> oh, man. I, I remember my, my first... The first time I felt like there was something wrong with my body was about the third grade. I developed in an out-of-order way, like I got breasts in the third grade, and I didn't have my period until the ninth grade. Just, you know, TMI for all of the friends. Yeah. There was a very long pause in the middle, and nobody thought to figure that out. 
Um, I was just thinking that, like, yeah. nobody, your mom never sounds and like, no. how do you have boobs? But no, right? Yeah, there was some hormonal issues happening yeah. for sure that nobody. Yeah, and I remember um, when those were developing, kind of coming in hot, you know, in the third grade. Um, what happened, and this is going to lead down an interesting path, is that in, instead of celebrating a woman's body, which already can tell you the kind of culture that I was in, um, instead of celebrating a woman's body and development and like norm, normal development, that that was like, oh, wonderful, you're developing. No, it's shame. Yeah, I got convinced that, I'm just going to say it, I got convinced that I was plus size. In the third grade, yes. So I got convinced that I was plus size and needed to shop in the JCPenney plus size catalog so that my clothes were bigger. Because as to... And we were... So that we would hide the... to not encourage the boys to look at you. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that I was already not hindrance, you know, to the... I mean, to their salvation, really. (laughs) Right? Right? (laughs) In the third grade. Wow. So, so that sets up, yeah, that's the stage in which my body was on, you know, like that, that having curves or developing was not encouraged or okay. It also wasn't safe. We needed to hide it. Yes. Like, so um, automatically they, like, they gave you this view that your body was shameful. Like, yeah. in the third grade. Yeah. Which is insane, you know? And I think, like, as you were talking, that was something that came to my mind. Like, third grade. Fourth, you're third grade. I'm fourth grade. I think that the most of the, the women and the clients that I work with, they talk about... I mean, I think we always wind up talking about body image yeah. In, yeah. in my sessions with women. But I think most of them, that we really dive deep and talk about the history of their body shame. Mm-hmm. It is early. Yeah. Like, so early. Yeah. And and just so, every time I hear a story, it's so heartbreaking Mm -hmm. to think that somebody in the third grade or somebody in the second grade, whether it's from family members or some boy at school, Mm -hmm. or even maybe even just like how many stories have I heard that they found their dad's porn and they Mm -hmm. see, found their dad's playboys. Yeah. And they see these images of these women that are, for most of us, totally unattainable yeah and so right there whatever age they discover that at like they immediately have shame about yeah. never going to be good enough or i have to do whatever i need to do to be that mm-hmm. you know? mm-hmm. and so i think that that <laughs> going back to what you were talking about with glennon doyle if if we start having these thoughts this narrative is created in third grade mm-hmm. so eight years old yeah eight years old you're are you saying it was me? Yeah. 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 Right? yeah. <laughs> July. Yes. Same age. So 30 years, yeah. 30 yeah. years of us not figuring other things out, like yeah. that energy not, I mean, I think that statement alone, like the amount of energy that we put towards shaming our bodies, yeah. that's probably the best way to say yeah. it, not making our bodies better, but shaming our bodies yeah. into some element of submission. That's really, that's actually, that's actually really devastating Yeah, to think about all the things that this world is missing because you've had yeah. decades of it. I've had decades of it. Other friends, other colleagues, every other woman that you pass, not even every other, every woman that you yeah. pass on the street, like what they've missed out on is really sad. And for what? To be palatable for someone else, yeah, to keep aiming at a moving target, 
Yeah. So, so just just keeping it real because that's, yeah. that's what we do, right? And that's why we're keeping here. It so, in like what time is it? In like three yeah. hours ish. Yeah. We're going to our twenty-year high school reunion. Yeah. So we were real brave, and we decided to actually go. <laughs> we're going together. We're gonna hold hands as we walk in because we're not that brave. like we used to do. <laughs> uh, but how many times? Yeah. If you're being real, how many times have you thought like, oh, if I could just lo- like if I can eat, lose a few to twenty pounds before we go to yeah. this place or. How many times have we talked about jokingly, but from a place probably of a little bit of truth of like, oh my gosh, what are we going to wear? You Clothes know. are hard. Yeah. Clothes are hard. But I think the issue under that is making ourselves palatable yes. for other people. Yeah. And so I was, I went to a store. I have not been in a physical dressing room. And I don't know how long. Oh my like gosh. Pre-COVID. Yeah. <clears throat> and so I mean, what, two, is that probably, two years? Yeah. Like probably pre, pre-COVID. Yeah. Like when did Amazon start? <laughs> Well, I have gone to the store, like, to buy clothes. Which, let's uh, be honest, dressing rooms are the absolute oh, worst. Yeah. Why? I'm pretty sure that's on purpose as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So I went to this cute little boutique in town that I've been saying I'm going to go to for forever, shop local. And I'm trying clothes on in there. Just having a moment. And, yeah. like, having, like, the, the angel and the devil, right? <laughs> of, like, the devil yeah. carries, say, like... What business do you have yeah. showing up at this place? You know, like you were gonna look hideous. Oh. Um, what do you? You cannot wear that. You yeah. know, like everything and the lighting is god awful. So um, but then, like thirty-eight-year-old professional grown-ass woman <laughs> here, and he was like, "Non girl, you're gonna like this time's real cute, and you're gonna figure it out." Feel that in there, and then also. Who the hell cares? Right. Like, I'm going to go to this 20-year reunion, and the only people that I, sorry, guys, really care about, <laughs> the people that I have yeah. made effort yeah. to keep in my life, yeah. and those are people that I genuinely love and care about, and they don't care, like, what right. size I am. They, right. like, they, you don't like me yeah. in my body. Karate, <laughs> <laughs> girl. I mean. You're hot mama. <laughs> but, you know, like, I just had to have those moments. Yeah. I just, like, this does... This has no bearing on my life. Right. This is not even, like, right. real. Yeah. But also, I have no business knowing what anyone yeah. else thinks about yeah. me, nor do I care right. at this point. Because right. how does that impact? Like, I'm going to come home tonight mm-hmm. to my husband and to my kids, who none of them care what I look yeah. like. Yeah. And, like, life is going to go on. Right. So, I think sometimes, and you can speak to this, too, is, like, the things that come out of our mouth, the mouths of our children speak so much louder than even my internal dialogue. Because I remember one day, Jax is very intuitive and observant. And so he notices when I'm, like, not eating something or, like, choosing something else or, like, um, and, he'll, and he'll call me on it. Like, Mom, why, why are you doing that? How come you're not having whatever? Which is usually, like, dessert or, yeah. you know, something. Yeah. Something like restrictive, you know? <laughs> and so, or, like, why are you not having a bun on your burger? Or, like, what, you know, he'll just, you know, kind of poke at things like that and um and not in a like jesting way he's like literally wants to know and um and I try to have like a you know mature response that's not like mom's on a diet you know but something health oriented you know and try to have some sort of answer that's not going to cause him to think that he needs to be doing that or everyone needs to be doing that but whatever and and one day he just said to me mom why are you always trying to be smaller oh and it was that kind of Glennon Doyle moment of yeah. just like, good question. Why am I always trying to be smaller? 
Not that we just need to abandon everything yeah. and just be like, but you're like um, a kick-ass yoga instructor. <laughs> like you're healthy, your body is strong, like yeah. we're flexible. You have like all of this core strength that people mm-hmm. would like kill to mm-hmm. have. I mean, yeah. Like, what does your size matter? It matter. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the shape comment that you made earlier is really. It's not funny, but it is funny. But it is funny because it is like everybody has a shape. Yeah. It's just, I'm evidently not the shape that she would prefer me be. Right. You know, that's, that's again, that like palatable, like why, why does my body have to be palatable to anyone? Correct. Other than me. Correct. Literally, even my husband, even like, I don't even like why. And if it's not palatable to us, why? And because we're supposed to be attractive. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's just that vicious cycle. Well, my body's not palatable to me because it's not, I don't feel that it's palatable to somebody else. Therefore, it shouldn't be, you know, like, what? What? Mm-hmm. The, what? Okay. Mm-hmm. At some point, just stop and go, okay, what do I actually want for yeah. myself? Yeah. And I think in this, within this past probably year, I've just had this big kind of awakening for myself. Like, you know what, what I want for myself is to not be, to not wake up every morning and think about what food can I, or can Mm -hmm. I not eat? Yeah. Um, what I want for myself is to not wake up every morning and, and be anxious about my schedule for the day, because does that actually have like enough time to, to rest and work out. Yeah. You know, what I want for myself is to not just be motivated by fear and shame mm-hmm. all the time when yeah. it comes yeah. to my body. And I think, you know, you're talking about kids, like diet culture is such a huge part of how you and I both were raised. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a huge part of what, what our kids are hearing. And I just want to mm-hmm. not participate. Yeah. So, okay, so I have a question for you yeah. as you were talking because talking about Jack's. Like, why don't you have a bun on that burger and stuff? Yeah. A big part of it for you is yeah. you have to stay away from yeah. carbs, carbs mm-hmm. right? For your health. Like, you've been yeah. diagnosed with something yeah. that diet can help. Yeah. How has your brain mm. figured that out of, like, yeah. okay, we're not actually trying to restrict. We're trying right. to, yeah. like, love ourselves. <clears throat> yeah. That's a good question. I think that's the tricky part about all of this is... Um, you know, there are people that do have to restrict out of necessity mm-hmm. and not necessity as in it's necessary that I do this so that I lose X amount of pounds. It's necessary in order for my body to process food appropriately. Mm-hmm. I think one of the, the biggest things for me is telling the difference between I, I feel uncomfortable in my body because the world says I should be X, Y, Z versus I feel uncomfortable in my body because I'm listening to my body. Yeah. That's been a good switch for me that I'm not fully, I don't know that I've fully made the switch, but I'm working on it, you know, because again, it's been 30 years of the other Mm -hmm. and I'm just now kind of flipping, you know, the paradigm. And I think for me, it's being able to be intuitive about, I think there's something wrong with my body. In the first place, which sent me to, you know, a doctor, which got me the appropriate help that I needed. And then the rest of it is my own mental battle that I'm still working my way out of, as in my body is supposed to be something other than it is. Yeah. Which is the, that's the, just the general lie that I think that we all have to debunk in our own brains is saying, how do I focus on what my body needs in order to be the best version of my own body 
without ever making it palatable for someone else, you know? And so it's a daily thing, even though I'm like you trying not to spend all my time thinking about. But you still have to. Like it's for your body to be its best self. Right. Which is such a um, catch 22 because. But it's like when, when you have kind of things like that, like carbs, it's like you find a pattern where you're just like, okay, so here, here's like um, we can have this little bit and you just kind of learn your own rhythm and it's like guardrails. And so you figure out the guardrails and then you can just go. You know, you can just keep driving or whatever like the metaphor the, is. The bumpers on yes. and bowling. Yeah, the bumpers. Yes. <laughs> just pull that ball down. Just keep playing. Yeah. And so, but I guess that's the hope is to kind of figure out the rhythm and figure out the guardrails and then be able to just like not obsess about it anymore. You yeah. know, to have sort of like freedom. Which is such a practice because when you spend your whole life obsessing yeah. about one yeah. thing or the other, like that is like what you've worked towards or what you're working on is such a huge, yeah. that's just a really, that's a huge victory. Yeah. Cause when you spent your life obsessing on your body's, yeah. what we think are, it's our body's failures of just being turds, you yeah. know? <laughs> and then you figure out like, Oh yeah. no, there actually is yeah. something like my body, not even something's wrong with your body necessarily, but my body's, my body functions differently than yeah. the next person's. Yeah. And so there's things that I have, you know, ways that I have to live my life for it to function the best right. way. That's, that is such a difficult shift mentally mm-hmm. to make. And so well done Yeah, that you're on that path. <laughs> yes. You know, I feel like there's, there was a moment a couple of years ago where it was like I wanted it so bad and I didn't even know how to go about doing it. And I've tried a bunch of wrong ways, you know. But there are people that talk about this kind of thing, this idea of, like, loving your body and being proud of what she's been through. And it's like Jen Hatmaker and Glennon Doyle and, you know, um, Jennifer Garner and, like, all these other people that kind of post on social media and they have these these great things to say about it. But, like, internalizing that and actually doing it is a totally different beast. Well, and also they're real cute. So, what? Well, yeah, that's easy. Yeah, <laughs> you're like, oh yeah, good for you, Jen Gardner. It's easy for you to say. I I, I want to take that back because I know that they, as women, have their own thing. Yeah, we don't see them <laughs> so, make it. Yeah, I'm not judging them at all. Yeah, but yeah, like the, there there is a. I think you and I both are probably in a similar spot of like, okay, we know it. The disconnect or the working towards the total yeah. connection. Okay, I know this to be true about my body, and this isn't true about my body, mm-hmm. you know? And so... It's a, like a daily reframe. My therapist uses that word yeah. all the time. It's a daily reframe of, like, just even that negative self-talk or, like, you know, the things that women say in your office are just... What's the word? Lies? Well, <laughs> Not yes, true. but just, like, disparaging or... Yeah, like, um, like shaming things. Yeah, I feel like that's a, that's a pattern that we learned. Yeah. To talk bad about ourselves, mm-hmm. to ourselves, to kind of like soften everything. That's yes. Humility, right? Oh my gosh, gross. <laughs> but really, we're still obsessed with ourselves. We're not actually humble. Yeah. Oh, to the point where we don't, right. where yeah. we don't think about ourselves. Yeah. It's yeah, just I mean, that we more obsessed yes. about our about ourselves, just in, in none of the right ways, and none of the healthy ways, and none of the ways that actually benefit us and the rest of the world. You know, I think just being able that the referring. We have been told a narrative mm. our whole lives, and we bought into it. Yeah, we've just gone. Okay, yeah, that's my narrative. So I'm, I'm the fat girl. 
but I'm funny. <laughs> or I'm the fat girl, but I have so much hair going for me. Yeah. You know? Like, you know, I'm the fat girl, but I can still be a professional and still, like, I don't know, people will still, like, want to know how I can help them or what I think That's or whatever. Interesting. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't, have, like, actually, that doesn't have to be my. It's always been, well, yeah, that, but... It's like we have to bifurcate that part of ourselves yeah. to excuse it yeah. and be almost, like, apologize for it. Yeah. And again, because we're not... Uh, and feel the need to apologize for not being palatable yeah. for you to look at, yeah. you know, but... Oh, oh, that here's... But, but then we overcompensate by all these other things, the buts. You know, like, I'm the fat girl, but it's like we have to overcompensate... Yeah, so I'll because we need to apologize for not yeah. being out. So I'll tell myself, obviously, I'm uh, I'm not perfect. And even within my office, if I have a client that's talking about like their health or body image or whatever, I'm not even joking, I'd probably say every time somebody brings it up, I'd probably say, well, I mean, I know I know you probably don't think that like. I have anything to say on this topic, you know, or something oh, like that. Like, well, obviously, I haven't figured it all out. Yeah, like uh, without a doubt, almost every time somebody brings that. Just like, sort of assuming to, that they've noticed and made a judgment yeah, about but your I have to preface, like, okay, yeah. my expertise actually, like, I do mm. have like wise yeah. thoughts on this, yeah. despite how I look. <laughs> like how crazy, yeah. That? Like yeah. I just came to him. I'm like, yeah. I do that. Almost every time. I mean, I don't say those things out loud in yoga classes, but I definitely have that, like, imposter syndrome a little bit in yoga classes or fitness ideas. You know, if I want to talk about something on social media, I do feel like I have to preface and say, like, Mm -hmm. I know I don't look like the societal norm of... And I can sit here and tell you, like, no, girl, don't do that. No, you do not have to do that. Right. And I'm like, okay. I do it. Okay, yeah. yeah. But I I do. Right. (laughs) And it's a mind F, that's for sure. Yeah. I mean, it is It is a narrative that <clears throat> has been sold to us, and we mm. have bought it. And I think what I hope for most of us, especially our generation, I think we have um, immense power and ability to begin to shift this yeah. for younger generations. Yeah. You know, and so if we think of our parents' generation that – bought it all and ran with it mm-hmm. smack dab into parenting and all the way through and still do like we get to pe- be the people that say uh how about not yeah like hey guys yeah we don't have to do this like yeah. hey 14 year old in my office like guess what right you know like we can do this right. differently and you have power and you have strength and it has nothing to do with mm-hmm. the way that you look yeah. Unless you want it to. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, unless that is part of, you know, what you feel like you have to offer the world. Right. Um, right. And so I think that our generation, what, what are we considered? Like, old millennials? Is that, like, what they deep dive? They're, like, weird in the middle. Like, geriatric millennials. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's geriatric. I think I saw that somewhere. Oh. I was like, yeah, that sounds fun, right? Yeah. And so we feel it. But I think, right? But I think that, I mean, we're going to our 20-year yeah. Yeah. But I think that, I don't know, what is the, you know, Miss USA, like, question time? Like, if you had to do anything, like, if you had one wish, what would it be? Yeah. Mine, I think, genuinely would be something along these lines. Of, like, I just wish every woman could wake up today mm. and not be dragging that, like, ball and chain behind them of yeah. not enough or feeling restricted by 
mm-hmm. what they look like. I know because I look back at I look back at those high school pictures and I look back at those third grade pictures where you I was so cute. You know, convinced I was plus size, and I just feel so sad for her because I didn't see myself. I still can't mm-hmm. see myself appropriately. Yeah. I don't yeah. see myself the way other people say that they see me. I mean, I certainly couldn't back then. I thought I was enormous. Yeah. You know, and you look back at those photos and you're just like, girl. Yeah, I grieve. I grieve for those girls because that was not our truth then. And we didn't even have social media. No. I mean, and that's the thing. That's why it's so important for us that are the mamas now yeah. to get it out there and to be diligent with it and to not back down because these girls are inundated yeah. Yeah. way more than what, I mean, we just had like YM and teen magazine and stuff, you know, like. I wasn't even allowed to look at that stuff. Of course you weren't. <laughs> <laughs> of course not. Oh, God. Um, but, you know, like we just had whatever was on TV at the exact time that you happen mm-hmm. to be watching TV or whatever is in yeah. teen, and they have everything all the time. Yeah. Um, so I think that that's probably one of our biggest responsibilities as parents. I have boys, and so I want to raise them in a way that they mm-hmm. have that confidence for themselves because boys are not immune to this, yeah. but I also want to raise them in a way that how they view the people in their lives has mm-hmm. n- almost nothing to do with yeah. with that. Yeah. I was just, I was totally listening intently, but I was also <laughs> thinking about how... And this is really big. I don't know if we have time for this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Like, because I wasn't even allowed to have, like, what was normal for girls to be looking at. Teen magazine. <laughs> teen B. Or Molly for 17. Yeah, teen 17. Oh, my gosh. I would sneak that stuff in, like, the beauty parlor and just, like, soak it up. When I wasn't allowed to look at it. But I think about that and how odd that is, number one, that I wasn't, you know, I didn't watch TV. I didn't look at magazines. All I had was, like, books, which were, like, Lori Wick, you know, like, Prairie Love, the little house. Christian, Christian Prairie Love, and, um, which sidebar, Prairie Dresses are back in, and that was Anyway. I think that's from the patriarchy, too. Let's cover it back up. But, like, I still had such a struggle with what's wrong with me. Without even that comparison, because I think my comparison came from this idea that women were made for men Mm. and whether or not men find you attractive, even as young people who weren't really dating, you know, before you can drive, like, what does it mean to have a boyfriend? You can't even go anywhere. What's the point? But we still, you know, it was still like the goal. Yeah, to have a boyfriend. To have a boyfriend. Somebody somebody, like approve of me. And so then because, number one, I wasn't allowed to date, but number two, it wasn't like they were standing in line. It just confirmed the internal messages I was getting from other places, not Teen Beat, but like just that I obviously, there must be something wrong with me because no one, I don't have a boyfriend. No one's approving of me romantically or sexually, which sidebar, we weren't allowed to be sexual, (laughs) but... We sh- we but that should approved. still be the goal is yeah. to someone find you sexually attractive, yeah. which is so confusing, right? <laughs> Just the idea that like our bodies are made for other people is wrong, wrong. In the paradigm I was living in, there was no individual like okayness. Mm-hmm. You you only existed for service of God or service of men. <laughs> Yeah, like so literal men, like yeah. wifehood, motherhood, and ministry. Yeah. But even in that paradigm, I I didn't 
It wasn't working. <laughs> Nobody wanted it. So you were the failing. church didn't want it. The boys didn't want it. Yeah. And so that just left me with, I'm just, I must not be okay. Yeah. And so again, you just waste all of that time feeling not okay instead of just being like, yes. that's all y'all. So then you have like really fabulous girls making decisions for their lives based off of the feeling of, I'm not enough. I'm not okay. Yes, you know, and so I think we both. And how can you make good art? How can you be a good professional? How can you be good at anything you're really passionate about if you come from a fundamental idea of, I must not be good enough? It takes you a long time to get there. Yes. And it's like a stupid uphill climb that you shouldn't have to do. Because yeah. we were we started at the top and we didn't realize it. And we just like let ourselves go to the bottom and then have to like, I take that back. We didn't let ourselves go to the bottom. Yeah. Like, we were told to go to the bottom. I think we were kind of convinced we were at the bottom yeah. when we weren't. Which is, I think, is all about control. Yeah, so you were talking about, like, you were listening intently, but you were thinking. No, I wasn't. <laughs> no, I was. But you, you said something, I don't know how you said it, but being okay, like, as um, a unique individual. Yeah. Like, of course you're going to be different than I'm mm-hmm. different. I'm different than the next person because, I mean, so we're, we're That's creative. science. That's the point, yeah. <laughs> That's biology. literal point. Yeah. It's for no two people to be exactly alike, but yet... But it got me thinking, like, you said we don't hear that message. It's okay to be, like, uniquely ourselves. Yeah. We hear that message when we're, like, itty-bitty. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. you read a book, or what was it, sign red and yellow, black and white. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. well, like, especially within the church, we make a big deal about, like, accepting everybody, all shapes and sizes and colors and creeds and blah, 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 blah. But we don't, like, really talk about that for, like, I don't know. A minute. Yeah, until we're six. <laughs> yeah, seven. yeah. And then there is no talk about that in our hardest years, no junior high, high school, like young adulthood. I think that's why so many people push back against whatever system is in place, Mm -hmm. whatever government, whatever system is in place, because I mean, that's sort of been what was in place to begin with. But you are okay. Yeah, you're fine. I mean, isn't that the the purpose of our spirituality that, like, if we're created and it's on who you ask <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is a matter uh, yeah, of, yeah. Like how how uh, for all these years how disrespectful i have been if if i'm created in his image and i have done nothing but yeah. assault everything about myself yeah. you know and kind of betray it yeah. yeah spit in the face of it right i mean i guess i'll i think our whole world is against anybody feeling safe and confident and secure in who they are mm. but i think for sure women yeah. Tell me the story you were just telling oh, before we started. Tell me the story about the girls that are oh. protesting. Because I want I want to talk about the the quality of girls that can protest oh, and why we weren't those girls. So this has excited me so much. I can't even begin to um, say. So my husband teaches high school, and um, is that the right way to say it? My husband teaches high school. He doesn't teach high school. He's a high school teacher. High school teacher. <laughs> have you have you gone to your high school class yet? <laughs> He's a high school teacher. We've been doing this for a long time. Anyway, he's a high school teacher. And I don't know what it is, but there has been a, like, an ins- like an insurgence of dress code violations across the board in our area. You know, like big big deals made on like social media and stuff like that. Of, um, and I think I think throughout our country, if the TikTok is correct. The TikTok. <laughs> From what I've seen. Um, but it's all these girls that are like being sent home because of dress code yeah. violations for like 
everything about the dress code. If you get out any school's dress code, there is nothing in the dress code that a typical male outfit would bring. Mm. Everything right. about the dress code is it's specifically, female. yeah, wow. specifically designed to um, just dictate what a what a female wears. Yeah, um, which I get it, whatever, want to be appropriate and stuff like that. But I mean, have you gone to the store lately to see what these girls have to choose from? Yeah, like without, I mean, it would be. We thought it was impossible when we were young to find shorts. It was impossible happen. this week. To- yes. <laughs> Yes, to buy girls. You know, like, you can't find anything for yeah. girls. And that's what I hear from all the girl moms. Like, uh, you want to go shopping for us? Because, we, you know, like, everyone's jean, in style. Yes, yeah, every jean has a hole up mid-thigh. Yeah. Every um, shirt has no straps. Or is, it, is a, a belt shirt. Yeah, yeah. There we go. My husband was telling me there's this, um, uh, the high school in Ozark. Evidently, the girls, I think, did, like, a walkout. So impressed. They... So they're, like, protesting the dress code. So they stripped down to their underwear, I think, in the parking lot at the school. I'm not for sure on that, so, like, don't come at us if that's totally Fact wrong. Check. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not for sure exactly, but I know they stripped down to their yeah. underwear to protest the dress code. Because I'm like, oh, my God. For the dress code being unreasonable? Yeah. As in they wanted well, to wear... Not necessarily unreasonable, but the, the fact that the dress codes... Only comments on women's yeah. clothes. Yeah. yeah, you know, and I've seen lots of uh, posts and stories about like they will have gone through their day and they don't get cited for dress code until they show up in their um, male teacher's class. Mm. And they've asked multiple women or seen multiple women in the school, and they're like, "No, no, no that's fine." They get to the male teacher's class. Mm. Hey, this is not appropriate. You can't get, come back to class till you change that type of thing. Mm. You know, and so we're so worried about education. We're worried about how people are addressing. But it's going to hinder somebody's education. Yeah. But we're kicking girls out of class all the time for, mm-hmm. like, a cut in their jeans up by their up on their side. Right. Like, I saw one that, like, literally there was a cut up here, let's say probably 10 inches up from the knee or something like yeah. that, um, that was covered by the shirt she was wearing. Right. But the, the teacher caught the side of it or something. Yeah. And she had to go out. So, I mean, I, I mean, I think this is, I don't know. I don't think there was a whole lot of this in our generation, but obviously, like, in the 60s and stuff, I think it comes around where women start to get more fed mm-hmm. up of the restrictions and the rules and the the definitions of what I should look. Because that's just yeah. another, like, yeah. this is what you should look, you know? Yeah. And your body is for me, and you're distracting me, so therefore I need you to go change your clothes. You're the problem. You're the problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and I can't be who I need to be because... Of the clothes that you wear. Right. That's the the teacher thing. didn't get cited for noticing. Yeah. For yeah. ogling mm-hmm. yeah. or for whatever he thought beyond that. Yeah. But but she needs to change. Needs to change. Oh, man, that's like my she entire needs to life. class. Miss yes. class. At the end of the day, this one that I'm thinking of, it was at the end of the day, needs to miss the class to go change your clothes or go home. Man, that is like my entire adolescence because I grew up in a very, um, obviously we've already touched on this, (laughs) restricted, (laughs) sheltered environments and deeply Southern bandits just going to call out. I was like just like typical Southern Baptist. Yeah, evangelical, couldn't dance, um, obviously couldn't drink. I mean, we were you know, underage anyway, but there was no dancing, there was no dating, there was no any of that. But then, but then during that purity culture era, which is still going on, but when it started, 
I mean, they went as far as to like even like one piece swimsuits at church camp needed a T-shirt over them because we needed to hide the female form mm -hmm. in general mm -hmm. because we were the problem, not the men, not the men, what they were thinking. Yep. And I mean, and that's still greatly a thing. Like I've seen a lot of that lately, especially this summer when church camp was a thing of the, the moms or the dads or whatever questioning like this packing list of like, mm. why for my daughter, yeah. one doesn't say this, but for my son has no mention of their swimsuit right. and what it should look like yeah. and how many shirts they should have on over and, <clears throat> you know, all of that stuff. And so it just, I mean, it's, what if, what if we lived in a world, let's just dream a dream here. What if we lived in a world where bodies weren't for other people? Like you're allowed to enjoy someone else's body. I'm not saying that we're not allowed to. Yeah, it can enjoy. be enjoy to be yeah. right. You don't exist for other people's approval or enjoyment. Like your sexuality is your own, your body is your own, and you can be anything you want to be. Like I just that's that's definitely something to talk about. <laughs> She brought it home, you guys. She brought it home. Yeah, it does me too. But uh, that definitely is something that continually yeah. insisted me. We could talk about it forever. Yeah. I would really love for you to like get a panel of women or yeah. something and have this bigger conversation. Because yeah. everybody has wildly different experiences, but yet everybody has. And I would be so curious to talk about people that didn't grow up in the Bible Belt that yeah. weren't then influenced by all of that kind of evangelical culture. Because even if you didn't go to an evangelical church, if you lived in a community that had a very big evangelical presence, then it was like filtering and kind of spiderwebbing out everywhere. And what it, what did it look like to grow up in the North versus the South, you know, as far as like kind of the patriarchy and you have more liberal communities that maybe didn't have that kind of structure as much in the 80s and 90s. But at the same time, we're still looking at this societal issue, so yeah. right? It couldn't be that different. Right. So, somewhere down the line, somebody's like, and really the media was the same no matter right? where yeah. you were. Yeah. There you go. That's your next podcast. All right. You're welcome. Coming out next. <laughs> <laughs> so what does this look like going forward for you personally, but also professionally? Um, okay. So for me personally, I just, in my mind and in my, in my heart, I'm dead set on, like you talked about earlier, like I'm, it's not perfect. I definitely mm -hmm. sat in the dressing room with the devil and the angel yes. on my shoulder the other day, yeah. but just not, not letting, um, for, for me, body image and dying culture was wrapped up together. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm no longer going to participate mm. in the, the diet industry. I'm no longer going to like, oh, you're doing the keto diet? Oh, let me try that. Yeah. Tell me not, I'm not going to do no, it for my, for my mental health. Yeah. I decided about a year ago that I will never go on another diet again. Mm. Um, That's my I, favorite new phrase is I'm no longer participating. Yeah. <laughs> I'm no, longer, I'm no longer willing to participate. And I need to make that choice. How crazy yes. is that? Like, I need to make that choice. I'm no, I'm never again going to be that person like, oh, no, no, I can't eat that because, not because, yeah. you know, uh, right. of like medical issues, yeah. but because like, I'm going on a diet today. Yeah. I can't eat that. Like, I'm just not going to do it. And I'm also not going to raise my boys in a, in a household that we're, that that's the main focus. Mm -hmm. I want the main mm -hmm. focus to be something so much more um, connective and deep and intimate and vulnerable. Joyful. And, yeah, right? and joyful, right? Yeah, not, you know, like, eat the damn cake. Right. Like, okay, it's your birthday, eat. Yeah. Um, and then professionally, probably the same, like probably yeah. the same kind of mindset of like, I, I, I will not sit by mm -hmm. 
and let women talk to themselves mm -hmm. the way they talk to themselves without attempting to speak truth yeah. to them yeah. and over them. Yeah. I will not be any part of the, the boys society or the media or whatever of, of affirming or confirming their, mm -hmm. their horrible thoughts about themselves. Yeah. My heart races and I get yeah. really excited when I have somebody that starts talking like crap about themselves. <laughs> like, yes, I'm excited. Well, no, 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 I can do it. it. You know, yes. like, yeah. like, this is okay. I can make a difference here. Yeah. We always feel so overwhelmed by these big things that we feel like we cannot change, mm -hmm. but you can change it for the people in your world that come mm -hmm. across your path. I can, or we can attempt. Mm -hmm. I can attempt to change it for the people that come across my path. And I'm just lucky enough that the people that come across my path are actually yeah. in a place that they want to yeah they want to change they showed up for their be yeah they yeah. want to be different and do different hear different yeah. think different and all of that stuff i'm really lucky in that way that i have a platform like that mm -hmm. um so i also can't take it lightly yeah and that's yeah. like been my biggest thing the past probably the past couple of years with the women in my office of like oh my gosh i this is such a privilege yeah and an honor to hear these stories yeah. i better not waste that opportunity mm -hmm. And then what is the ripple effect of that? Mm -hmm. Hopefully a wonderful, like, you know, obviously slow transition yeah. for our world. Yeah. But I believe we'll get there. I think it's so wonderful and powerful that, you know, people that have lifelong struggles then sometimes find themselves in positions to speak to that very thing. Mm -hmm. And not that every pain has some, like, glorious purpose. I think most does. Yeah. If we let it. I, I just think it's cool that the people in your office are speaking to the very thing that you're even actively trying to undo, you know, yeah. and that they get to witness that in you as well as you get to witness yeah. that change in them. Because honestly, like, aren't we all just trying to figure it all out? Yeah. I mean, I know I'm like supposed to be an expert in all, but I think, <laughs> I think the whole point of counseling is just to sit with another human yeah. and share that space yeah. and talk about the hard things and, and have somebody tell you you're not yeah. crazy. Yes. So, you're yeah. not crazy. Yay. <laughs> oh, wait, you're supposed to say back to me? <laughs> you're <laughs> And this concludes therapy with Carrie. <laughs> I'm not crazy, you guys. Neither are you. That's right. Well... This has been fun. This has been fun. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm so glad that you're here. Hey guys, this is my first podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I really am truly honored that she decided to have this conversation with me because she said she gets asked all the time I and she says no. She's got him knocking on the door, guys. It's just me. If you guys don't already know how sweet and precious and real Meg is, <laughs> like that's why I did it because there's safety here. And you don't have that safety with everybody. Yeah. Love you. Lila. <laughs> she wrote it in my yearbook and she said it here, folks. Lila. Oh my gosh. Wow. Well, where do we even go from here? I guess first off, I want to share some post-show research. I'm linking several really good and informed articles about the origin of diet culture and purity culture, two things that we referenced in this episode. But let me rattle off real quick some facts that I found really interesting. Several articles record the first diet craze going all the way back to this guy, Horace Fletcher, in the early 1900s, but women have been wearing corsets since the 16th century. The fascinating reason that I found for that was that it was a widely held belief that the female body itself was so weak that it needed literal support, hence literal whale bones, and then later it was steel that was inserted into these 
corsets that were meant to support the weak female form. But it was also a generally accepted concept that the smaller waist and the fuller breasts were more palatable to the male gaze. So with what men wanted and what became socially normal, as well as these widely held beliefs about the female form, you have accepted ideas about fashion and body styles. Literally, like how do we shape this body into a palatable style? That's been going on since 16th century and probably long before that. But we fast forward from the that first guy, Horace Fletcher, in the 1900s to the 1960s, and we have the founding of Weight Watchers. Um, which is not obviously the the origin of diet culture. We had diet things before that, but Weight Watchers was a huge part of of the diet fad craze culture that began um, even in the 1980s. So that started in the 1960s. You also have that juxtaposed with bra and corset burnings at political protests that were happening in the 60s as well. And it was really interesting. One of the articles made the interesting correlation that in the times in history where women seem to be gaining political traction is also somehow seemingly the times when the standards of beauty become even more impossible and extreme. Purity culture dates back to the 1800s, but in the 1990s, there was a huge reorganizing, um, both spiritually and politically. They both kind of rallied around this purity culture that started because of the AIDS epidemic. Um, they, they rallied around abstinence as a solution to AIDS that was happening um, worldwide. You know, history, honestly, is fascinating. It's riveting. But more often than not, it's it's heartbreaking. The fallout from social, political, and religious movements can be felt for generations. And this is exactly what Carrie and I were talking about, that, that we're all doing the best that we can with the information that we have, but a lot of our information is not good. And, and the people that taught us, their information wasn't good. And the people that taught them, their information wasn't good. And so, we're all just doing the best that we can with the information that we have, but, but that's not good enough. The second thing that I want to leave you with is hope. If anything we talked about today registered and resonated with you, number one, I'm so glad. I know that Carrie and I are not alone. And so number two, I'd love to hear about it. I'd love to hear if this registered with you, if this was your experience, if you struggle with body image, um, because I want you to know that you're not alone. I hope that this is what this episode is for, is for you to know that you're not alone in this. And number three, and most importantly, there's hope for us. My hope is that all of us can get to a healthy whole place where food, macros, calories, weight, scales, gene sizes, bra sizes, don't suck the life out of our souls. That those things aren't what we waste our existence obsessing over and being manic around. Not because they don't matter, please don't hear that, but because we all have so much more radiant potential energy within us. That just like we talked about in, throughout this episode, and go listen to that Glennon Doyle episode, I hope that you know that you don't exist just to please others to appeal to others, to be approved of by others. 
I hope you know that your sexuality does not belong to anyone else. Period. Full stop. I hope you know that you do not have to put up with people commenting on your body. You can kindly ask them not to. It's your body. And your body does not exist for other people. I hope more than anything that you feel comfortable in your skin, confident in yourself, and at home. Thank you, friends, for listening. See you next time.